לוקחתי שיחס, חלק כ"ד, דלת, זויס הברכה. In our Torah portion we learn that at the passing of Moshe, the nation wept for Moshe, as they had wept upon the passing of Aaron, yet there was a difference in their mourning. In the portion of Chukas, the Torah tells us, The entire nation saw that Aaron had expired. They all wept for him for 30 days. Kol Beis Yisrael, the entire house of Israel. Whereas when Moshe passed, the Torah tells us, Vayifku B'nei Yisrael, the nation of Israel wept. And the commentaries explain these words, Pirkid Rebbe Lezer, the Agadic Midrashic work, written by the sage Rebbe Lezer, Ben Horkinus explains, that when Aaron passed, the nation wept with Moshe, who mourned Aaron's passing so deeply. Yet when Moshe passed, only the men cried, as there were none so great as Moshe to mourn his passing, as Moshe had mourned Aaron. Rashi teaches that only the men wept upon Moshe's passing, but all mourned the passing of Aaron, who had been a of Shalem, who pursued peace, making peace between husbands and wives and between friends, and all of Israel wept, says Rashi, means both the men and the women wept and mourned his passing. The first explanation speaks to the greatness of Moshe, whose mourning for Aaron caused all of Israel to weep, the men and the women. On the other hand, the second explanation, in explaining these same words in our Torah portion, and the nation of Israel wept, effectively tells us that Moshe did not have the same perfect quality of bringing peace as Aaron did, which is, of course, surprising. It's obvious that when the Torah speaks of Moshe's passing, it's appropriate that the Torah tell us of Moshe's qualities. And indeed, verses 7 through 10 in the final chapter of the Torah speak of Moshe's greatness. Moshe did not show signs of old age, no prophet arose amongst our people after the passing of Moshe, who was as great as Moshe, through whom God had performed wonders and miracles. So how can the words, and the men mourned Moshe, be explained in a way that highlights that Moshe was not the ultimate in bringing peace as Aaron was? What's more surprising yet is when we notice the order of Rashi's words when explaining this. Rashi says, the children of Israel, ordinarily meaning the children of Israel, male and female, but here it refers only to the males who wept for Moshe. However, concerning the passing of Aaron, since he used to pursue peace and bring peace between a man and his fellow and between a woman and her husband, it is said at Aaron's passing, the whole house of Israel wept for him, meaning both males and females. We would think that if Rashi's intention was only to explain why the Torah says the entire house of Israel mourned when Aaron passed, and when Moshe passed, the Torah says only, and the nation mourned, why wouldn't he continue on to his opening explanation that in ordinarily B'nai Yisrael means the children of Israel, male and female, 
but here it refers only to the males who wept for Moshe. And concerning the passing of Aaron, it says the whole house of Israel wept for him, meaning both males and females. And only then had the reason that all mourned him because Aaron pursued peace. The fact that Rashi offers his answer by elaborating on the explanation why the entire nation mourned Aaron, particularly when he had already taught us this at Aaron's passing, makes it clear that Rashi intends not only to explain why the men only cried at Moshe's passing, to also highlight the superiority of Aaron to Moshe in his ability to bring peace among the nation. This is surprising. That when the Torah speaks of the passing of Moshe, it's the superiority of Aaron that is spoken of, and thus the opposite in Moshe in this arena. But we cannot suggest that it's really the other way around, that because Moshe was so great in general, the Torah needs to let us know that in this arena of Avas Yisrael and Avas Shalom, love of a fellow Jew and love of peace, we must learn from Aaron and not from Moshe. And this certainly does not seem to be the place for this lesson. And in that case, as Rashi does highlight this, we understand that when we learn about Moshe's passing, it is important that we know the difference between Moshe and Aaron, including Aaron's superiority to Moshe in this arena, as one who pursued peace, making peace between a man and his fellow and between a woman and her husband. And so here... When the Torah tells us that the sons of Israel, the men alone, cried for Moshe, that Rashi explains the intention of the verse to highlight Aaron's superiority in this arena as one who pursued peace, making peace between a man and his fellow and between a woman and her husband. It's well understood that it isn't because Moshe was, God forbid, lacking in his love of another Jew. In fact, just the opposite. The Talmud describes Moshe as an Ay of Yisrael, one who loved the Jewish people. He was a faithful shepherd of every Jew and was concerned with every Jew's needs, both spiritual, by studying Torah with the entire nation, and not just the laws of Torah, which the nation needed to know so they could actively observe the mitzvahs. Moshe also taught them the explanations of Torah, which had been given only to Moshe and to his children. The Moshe in his kindness did a kindness with the nation and taught these explanations to the nation. Moshe also saw to all their physical needs, beginning with the manna which fell in Moshe's merit, as well as their other needs like water, which in her lifetime fell in the merit of Miriam, the clouds that protected them, which were in the merit of Aaron during his lifetime. But both of these disappeared after their passing, and then returned in Moshe's merit. What this really means is that Moshe's particular mission demanded a manner of Abbas Yisrael, of brotherly love, that was unique to Moshe and different to that of Aaron. To better understand this, Aaron's way of bringing people together after a disagreement was, as Chazal tell us, to change a detail in the truth. This was permitted, obviously, and even desirable, as our sages teach in the Tractate of Yavamais that it is permitted for a person to change detail or something in order to create peace. But Moshe's primary quality was the attribute of truth,
So he could not create peace in the way that Aharon did. And even though changing something for peace was permitted, according to Torah law, as it is just altering a detail of the truth and not, God forbid, lying, it would still be a matter of concealing a whole truth. And so for one whose shlichus was the specific attribute of truth, this was, would not be a suitable path. This type of service was specific to and appropriate for Aaron, whose primary attribute was that of chesed. When Moshe teaches the nation Torah, he teaches them all the words of Torah, including this lesson that it's permissible to change a detail for the sake of peace. But in his own actions, reflecting and connected to his personal level and his personal shluchas in this world, there is no space for this. It just would not be possible. And potentially, we can add one more thing. One doesn't lower oneself so significantly to another's low level to the point where the only way to get through to that person is to change the truth. Now, in truth, both of these paths are correct, according to Torah. One, changing a detail so that there is peace between two people, and the other, avoiding ever doing that for the sake of truth. The value in Moshe's way is that there's no veering from the path of truth. On the other hand, there's a value in the path of Aharon, which gets to the lowest possible point an individual for whom one does indeed need to change a detail. This helps us understand why here, why now, with the passing of Moshe, do we highlight this quality of Aaron? In Moshe's lifetime, when he was concerned with fulfilling his shlichus in this world, he was so busy with his own path of divine service, which was to do everything with the quality of truth. But with his passing and the fulfillment of his shlichus in this world, leaving his shlichus in this world for the shlichus in the next, it was time for the value of this divine service to be known and explored as it brings peace to the world. Similar to the explanation given to the words of Rabbi Yechonim ben Zakkai before his passing, when he said, I do not know in which direction I will be led. The question asked, of course, is how could Rabbi Yechonim ben Zakkai, one of the greats of the sages, whose greatness is described by the sages in several places, and who certainly was careful to avoid evil and to do good, doubt if he was going to Ganadin, to heaven, or to Gehenna. The explanation given is that though he could be secure, that his revealed potential was complete, he doubted or wondered if everything that he was essentially sent here to do was fulfilled and completed, something that would transcend the observable. And yet it's still not clear. If he had a doubt about completely fulfilling his essential purpose, why did he only speak of this concern when he was close to death and not before, like when he was living his life? The answer is because in his lifetime he was so committed to the shlichas he had in this world, in the study of Torah for himself and with others, he had no time to stop and think about his level and what the state of his essential nefesh was. Only when he was near death and the completion of his shlichas in this world did he have the chance to consider the workings of his essential soul. Maisha too, only close to his passing, when he had concluded his shlichas in this world, did he have the time to consider the difference in the ways between his divine service 
and that of Aaron, and it was then when he was able that he was able to experience the value of Aaron's path. Therefore, this is discussed when Misha passes, and where the words Vayifku Bnei Yisrael and the sons of Israel wept, when we are discussing his passing, this is when the Torah teaches us about the value of Aaron's path. The explanation remains as yet insufficient. Misha's service was emes, truth. Thus, even after his passing, there's no difference whether he's engaged in hishlachas in this world or in the passing of his soul to the next. And in that case, how can we suggest that it is with Moshe's passing that the value of Aaron's manner of service was seen to be the correct one? We can suggest that the explanation of this, according to Chassidus, is that the passing of Moshe wasn't only a physical passing, a departure of a soul from a body. Rather, his departure from this world speaks to a spiritual elevation from Moshe, where his soul rises to a higher level yet than what it was able to rise to in this world. As the verse in Torah, and Moshe rose up to Harnavai, or went up to Harnavai, is explained to mean that in the years of his life, Moshe rose to the 49th level of Bina, and on the day of his passing, he merited to rise to the 50th level. This then is the inner meaning of the words, and Moshe rose up to Harnevo from the word Bina. The very essence of Moshe is to serve as the Shushbina de Malka, the attendant of the king, drawing godliness down. And thus Moshe brought the Torah down to us, having received it at Sinai. Aaron, however, was the Shushbina de Matronisa, the intendant of the queen, lighting the candles of the Menorah in this world and ensuring that they burn with a flame that eventually rises upwards on its own. His task was to uplift the souls of the nation, every soul being a candle of God, raising them higher to their root and their source. On the day of Moshe's passing, however, he rose beyond his level of drawing God down to this world, and thus took on also the level of Aaron of elevating, thereby reaching the 50th gate of Bina. In essence, Moshe Shlichus and purpose of drawing down godliness had a limitation so that he could not rise beyond the 49 gates of Bina, which all shone within him. But with the elevation of his soul, the limitation no longer existed, thus making the 50th gate of Bina that transcends all limitation accessible. This reflects upon the idea of Avas Yisrael and the opportunity to bring peace between people. The day of Moshe's passing was the day that the spiritual service of uplifting and rising took place for him, an uplifting like Aaron's. And so this day experiences the unique quality of Aaron's service of bringing peace, reaching every Jew. With all that has been said, we learn a new detail regarding Moshe's love of the nation. In the verses that talk about his passing, it is Moshe who speaks with the power of Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit of the quality of Aaron, so that the nation learns to understand how deep and transcendent one's Avat Yisrael must be. 
looking beyond Moshe's Avat Yisrael, which certainly was so great, and he certainly grew and rose in this arena throughout the days of his life, just as Moshe certainly rose in his divine service in all other areas. Nevertheless, the emphasis is on the lesson that one must behave like honoring his brother, pursuing peace and creating peace between a man and his fellow and between a wife and her husband.